0: Thank you for joining us for Still Speaking, a podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. We are a United Church of Christ in Mundelein, Illinois, and an open and affirming congregation. This podcast aims to explore scripture through conversation with the purpose of discovering new insights and enhancing individual faith practices. God is still speaking, and we are all listening to discern a message for today, and deepen our faith.
1: Welcome. This is our third podcast, and the topic is faith is. I'm Shelly Grow, joined by Pastor Chris. Thank you for joining us and making time for this midweek meditation. This is your time to listen and reflect on faith. Our goal is to make God's word meaningful in our lives. And today we're going to do that by exploring Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. This focuses on understanding what faith is through examples of how figures in the Bible had faith. Could you read it for us?
0: Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, and as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith, without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that had been left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God indeed. God has prepared a city for them.
1: Hebrews chapter 11 has stories about several mentors in the Bible and how they had faith. We've selected Abraham and Sarah. and Can you tell me a little bit why?
0: So the the selections that we make um, follow what's called the Revised Common Lectionary. So, lectionary is, is a series of selected scriptures per week that if other churches participate in the lectionary, then it, it broadens the chance for us to be united as, as a church, that you might go home and talk to your neighbor and you might have heard something similar. So, the lectionary each week has a, an Old Testament reading, a selection from the Psalms, a, a gospel reading, and an epistle or other new testament readings. so there's four selections each week over a three-year cycle so what what we're doing is is really seeking to be part of a of a wider church connection through the united church of christ and through um through the christian church so what gets skipped over um well let me jump back we don't know who who wrote hebrews nor the Um, we don't know the author and, and it's not really a letter, although at the end there, there is a a selection uh, of who it's to. So we call it the letter to the Hebrews, but it's really more of a sermon. And the, and the first 10 chapters are really setting up, um, the basis of the sermon. And we're kind of getting to the climax here. And I think, um, the, the homiletical device is here calling a litany. So you you call you call the roles of the people who have gone before us and and say and you too and we too can feel like we're part of this. So we look back to our ancestors. Um, what gets skipped over is Abel and Enoch and Noah, and we get to Abraham and Sarah, which I think is nice because it includes um, both male and female. So we get both the examples of Abraham and Sarah, not just Abraham. Um, and and the the thrust of that is that the covenant that god made with them was that they would have the multitude of of um heirs that um, stars in the sky you know more than the stars in the sky more than the sand grains of sand that we obviously can't count um of course god did make a covenant with um noah and then god makes this covenant with abraham and that's really where that these people who who didn't think that they would be um parents become parents and we all are there Uh, spiritual children, going back to that promise.
1: One of the things that really stood out for me in this passage is that even their descendants didn't necessarily see um, what was promised. And there were a couple of things that struck me. One is there must have been such strong storytelling and discussion and faith practice that they were able to pass that promise on um, between generations. And just this concept that you might not always see the end result, but to have the faith that there will be that outcome. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: I, I can speak to it. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well. I, I think that's that's part of the mystery of faith or, or part of the true depth of our faith, that that we believe in something that we can't see today, that that those who had that promise did not see the fruition of that promise. We think, um, I think what comes next in the litany later in the chapter is Moses, who was offered this promised land and he led these people for 40 years and, and with the hope that, that it would happen, but he never got to go. He never got to see it. Um, you know, it calls back to um, not our generation, but the generation before, to, to Dr. King, who the night before his assassination said, you know, I've I've seen the promised land. I might not get there, but we as a people will get there. I think that's the type of faith that is such embodied in or is the thrust of this passage that that that's always the essence of our faith that that we live actively with hope for something better, but we know that it's not necessarily proven by what we see in the world today Um, that we hope for uh, the kingdom of of heaven to be established and every once in a while we catch glimpses of it when we when we see god's work through others or we see an opportunity where we catch a glimpse of of love um which i believe is is god incarnate in that moment but but these are only glimpses the the fullness of that piece that passes all understanding the the shalom that's talked about in the hebrew scriptures the the kingdom of heaven that jesus talks to us about is is like this but but so much more wonderful than we could possibly understand more than we ask for or imagine um i i think that's that's just the that's what faith is it's something that we can't fully put into words because my hope is that it's more wonderful than we can articulate
1: that's awesome So there's this connection, especially as you were talking about, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., between faith and leadership and having the vision of what the potential outcome is. And I think what's really important, especially about the close of this passage, is that it's not earthly. Like if they just needed a really nice city to live in, they could have gone back. But this is about your heavenly destination. um, And ultimately, that's what faith is driving us towards, um, which is very significant um, and I think bears a lot of meditation um another aspect of this is the the correlation between faith and miracles and because of their faith they were Abraham and Sarah had miracles happen in their life and most significantly noted here is being able to have a child um, is there any other reference to that or more explanation
0: I guess i I just always um pastorally want to acknowledge when, when, um, when positive images of something miraculous happens, there's, there's so many others who, who have the opposite of experience, um, and just pastorally reach out that, that this is not the only, this is an illustration of faith, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that they had a blessing where people who are not able to have children are not blessed by God. I think it's always important pastorally to set up sure. that these are not um, these are not either ors. These are both. An, ju- this is just an example, um, and this is an example of how we pass faith on to the next generation. When we have children or together as a church, we look to our young people. As this past week, we just had a whole week of Vacation Bible School, seeking to celebrate and and lift up an opportunity to minister with are the youngest members of our family. Um, I think the the language of, of the ending of the scripture of a promise of, of a city is, is something like Jesus would use parables of something tangible right in front. Uh, you know, we, we, there's lots of uh, literature about, you know, uh, golden cities or pearly gates. Um, but I think that's, that's only meant as an illustration to something we can connect with that, that we live in a, a city or a village. We have a house, um, and, and God's heaven is like a house with many rooms. I think that means that there's a room for everyone. I don't know if heaven necessarily will look like a, a hotel or a big mansion. Um, that's just an interpretation of that scripture. I think it's, it's something bigger than that. And, and the point I think here is that is the language of, of architect, and and god who prepares that god is the creator and we look back to those very first verses that faith is is able to understand that god took god is the creator of everything and nothing that god took from nothing and made something and that that god is the creator god is the good giver of all of these good gifts
1: and faith is hope um hope and believing. And at times that can be challenging. We're certainly experiencing that with world events that are happening right now. There were just the shootings recently in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. And it can be difficult to cope with that and to find um, meaning in that. Um, And so what are some ways that we can find context in this passage to kind of understand the long vision and find hope through faith
0: so i i personally think um that hope is is what faith is all about um you think of the the beautiful scripture that a lot of people use at weddings and is somewhat um sentimental but um 1 Corinthians thirteen that speaks about love and and it ends with uh, these three main faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why is it? Because it's a way that we live out our faith. Um, I like to paraphrase those back and say that that love is faith in action and hope fulfilled. Because you can't really see hope. You can't really see faith. In fact, this text speaks to faith is about um, seeing the the unseen. Um, but faith is is active. The the Greek word is is it's like trust um oftentimes we think of faith as as something that we have we treat it like a noun but it's i think it's a verb and and therefore that's what i think our ministry together as a church is all about living with hope and and when you when you have hope even though again it's kind of more of a noun word but it's a verb it's active it's it's to wait as on tiptoes that we it's not passive it's active and when you really hope for something you're you're leaning into it right you're waiting as on tiptoe. Um, I'd like to go back and ask you, do you think faith and belief are the same thing? We often use the words interchangeably, but do you think faith and belief are the same thing?
1: My instinct is to say no, um, but I'm not exactly sure why that's where I go to. I, As somebody who works in communications, I feel like they're two different words, so there must be distinctions between them. Mm-hmm. Um I think that belief tends to be more tangible. So like from a scientific standpoint, it might be something that you can actually see or feel, whereas faith is maybe, you know, something longer term, something beyond our comprehension um, to what you said earlier, that it might be something that we're never able to fully put words to or to explain.
0: So in terms of of our church life, belief in faith, are you saying that faith has... Um, perhaps a a deeper conviction
1: i do okay
0: because um my beliefs could be changed as you're saying like with uh scientific evidence i could i could believe that whatever is uh my water is clean but we, I, we do a test on it and we could see that there's something mm-hmm. that i couldn't see that that might be dangerous or
1: you know, maybe another way to think of it, too, is to go back to faith in action, as yep. you were saying before. And so I might believe what you say, but I have faith that you'll follow through on it.
0: Nice. I like that. I like that.
1: Um, I, I had jotted down earlier, too, about faith in action, because in this passage with Abraham and Sarah, they um, they acted on, um, on their faith by literally picking things up and moving. And so just this concept that to have faith is not a passive, um, state. It's, you can't just sit in your recliner and, and have faith. It requires that you are, I think, creating change or, um, talking to others or doing something on purpose because you believe that there's a vision long term that there. There's an outcome that you can drive towards, and ultimately that outcome is heaven. But I think there are other things too on on this earth that we're driving towards, whether it's just building a stronger community or having faith that we can, you know, reach a broader audience or whatever it is.
0: I think that's really important. Um, again, as the text began about God as our Creator, that if we are created in God's image, then then we're co-creators, and and our call is to participate in in what god is bringing to this world that that god has no hands but ours um if we're following the way of jesus then we follow that way uh, of care and compassion and, and love and working for justice that he was about but that that our calling as the body of christ as the church is to help that vision come into reality to help that kingdom be built um Oftentimes, you know, it's it's both a comfort and a challenge to to believe that, you know, it's comforting that that we're part of God's family and we have that blessing and that love and that care. But it's it's a huge challenge to say that we might be the only Jesus that someone gets to meet that that it's up to us to offer that care and compassion in the moment to to bring the kingdom to come.
1: I absolutely love that. God has no hands but ours. That's really powerful.
0: I'm sure that's Mother Teresa, you know, everything I say is is a curation of some of these better words before me.
1: (laughs) Um, So another thing that I wanted to ask about is um, because this entire chapter is about um, mentors, key figures in the Bible who um, exemplified what faith means, and by looking at those, we have these, you know, great ways to relate what faith might look like in our lives, um, who has paved the way for our faith? And being a newer member of this congregation, I'm just curious if there are key figures in our community, um, or, or maybe it's just an open-ended question to everyone who's listening to, you know, to say who are people who've been influential and that we can um, learn from.
0: I think that that's really important, and, and that's why I often talk about um, Ivanhoe as, as a church family. I use that in the best sense of the word. Of course, many of us have have um, dysfunctional and, and difficult parts of our family, which we lament and, and mourn. But I use in the best sense of the word because I think that there are those um, spiritual grandparents that have— I mean, literally, Ivanhoe Church, as the oldest organized church in Lake County, we have— generations of ancestors that literally left a legacy for us um, not only as as a organizational church but having this beautiful church building um, that was built in 1856 that was a um, testimony of of faith Um, before that you know a handful of families 19 people gathering together in a log cabin to say we we care enough about being a community that we want something written down you know a covenant that will hold us together there, there's so many people that I've heard stories about in, in my brief tenure here, which is coming to be a bit longer, but, but my predecessors, you know, I became like the fourth person in like 80 years. So anybody who stays, you know, 20 plus years, there's just a testament to the community that's being created. I like the word family because I think it talks about, you know, in a Christian standpoint of being brothers and sisters and that love that shared, um, Again, that's both a comfort and a challenge that, that we believe we've been given this gift that we're entrusted to to care for, but it's also something that we need to make sure is, is vital and vibrant for the next generation to come.
1: Wonderful. Um, I know you also tend to look at other translations to see if there are nuances in the language that can help us derive a, a deeper meaning or a different meaning. Is there anything you'd like to share there? so
0: there there's a wonder uh, a bunch of wonderful translations of of hebrews chapter 11 verse one um the new revised standard version that i read from is is something um that many of us have memorized it's one of those things that we know by heart to almost offer as a definition of faith the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen um but i was uh reading a, a study someone named harold atridge um that i i think what he was looking at then became a translation that is in the common english bible rather than the word assurance um it speaks to reality because i think living in our faith as we were talking about uh, a bad week violent events the the reality of of life is not what we're hoping for we can live through the faith gives us the the opportunity to to have steadfastness in the midst of of pain and suffering in our world and we know that that is not what we hope for we hope for a a peaceful opportunity where all people can can know love and inclusion and be treated as beloved children of god so the reality we live through reality um so the common english bible says faith is the reality of what we hope for the proof of what we don't see so as you were speaking earlier to like scientific proof and in, in belief, we can't see it right now. Mm-hmm. The world looks like violence and corruption and terribleness and people not treating each other fairly or lovingly. But through our faith, we we hope for a reality of a world to come where, where all will know love and care and inclusion. Um, the Message Bible, which is kind of a, a paraphrase that Eugene Peterson put together, he writes the verse this way. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. And I just love that we were talking about tangible things earlier and and you know, I want my faith to be a tangible a handle to hold on to. Um, you know I want it to to give me a grounding, On on a firm foundation that doesn't move, but at the same time, I want it to hope. You know, it's it's uh, giving our children roots and wings. um, The fundamental fact of the existence is that this trust in God is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. And I think that's that's what I want our church community to be. I want a vibrant faith that that truly makes a difference. You know, not only in individual lives but together as a community. And that's what makes life worth living.
1: Thank you so much for sharing the visual of the handle. I think that that's so important to know that there is. Um, it, it's a good reference so that when there are difficult times and it's hard to relate that back to um, to where there is meaning, to know that you can hold on to the faith and kind of have that anchor back to the, the bigger picture. So one of the,
0: I think the anchor co- image comes later. Um, that that is used, I think, in Hebrews that we have this hope. But, but the author uses the word hope. We have this hope like an anchor, oh, which I think is, is such a wonderful, because we often think of faith or grounding the handle mm-hmm. as an anchor, but I think the author used the word we have this hope like an anchor, which, again, is kind of that Roots and Wings thing.
1: No, I'm thinking of this h- handle like a zipline. Like we're, okay. we're hanging on and we're, we're going for the ride. <laughs>
0: I, I think of it as that, that handle in the car when you have a, um, a teen driver.
1: <laughs> nice. Um One thing that I really like about this discussion on faith is that it almost seems like there's no beginning or end. So we go back in time to the mentors that show us what faith can be, and then we look ahead to the future and even beyond our own short existence on this earth, but what we can do to be God's hands and then the groundwork we can lay for future generations and the ultimate goal of Mm -hmm. the homeland um, that we're all aiming for
0: and I think it's it's important to to acknowledge that that we we want certainty but but life is so filled with ambiguity um, you know we, we, we want everything to be black and white but life is is so much gray so we, we need these uh, pieces of faith to hold on to that are I, I use the language that's you know purely positive that you know the things that I am convicted by and sure of is that that god's about god is good and not evil god's about love and not hate god's about building up and not tearing down i i cling to those purely positive images of god and that's what makes my faith those are the things i can stand convicted by when i see so much other gray in the world A, at whether we look back or we look forward but that's what gives me hope that that i can i can speak to that's what god is about I wanted to share a a quote that I think helps us kind of live in that uh, ambiguity um, about wrestling with understanding. This comes from Frederick Buechner in one of his uh, sermons uh, collected in a book called Secrets in the Dark. He says, By faith, we understand, if we are to understand it at all, that the madness and lostness we see all around us and within us are not the last truth about the world, but only the next to last truth. Faith is the eye of the heart. And by faith, we see deep down beneath the face of things. By faith, we struggle against all odds to be able to see it, that the world is God's creation even so. It is God who made us, and not we ourselves, made us out of God's peace to live in peace, out of God's light to dwell in light, out of God's love to be above all things loved and loving. This is the last truth about the world. So that's what I hold on to. That's my handle, is that I'm a beloved God a child of God and and that I can find peace and light and love and and to share that with others.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much for your conversation today.
0: Would you like me to close with a prayer? I would. So this is by Thomas Merton. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, that you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always... Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Friends, may that be a blessing to you, that you may know that you are loved by God, that you might dwell in the peace and presence of God, and you might know that God is always with you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. We are a 19th century church founded in 1838, but we want to be relevant for the 21st century. This podcast is one attempt at outreach. We hope you'll join us for worship in Mundelein, Illinois, on any Sunday morning at 10 a.m. where you can be part of our gathered community. We aim to offer a warm welcome and a meaningful message. We also welcome your feedback. You can find us on Facebook or visit our website at IvanhoeChurch.org. That's I-V-A-N-H-O-E Church. Blessings to you with grace and peace.